My name is Shane, and I'm on the trail of an animal that became extinct in Ireland 5,000 years ago. Today, I'm hunting wild boar. A pig with attitude, basically. You're talking about quite a large pig. And if she has tusks and so on, or if it's a male, they can gore, you know, the, the dog's necks and so on. I shot him right in the side of the head. So when a short column in one of the daily newspapers reported the return of one of these prehistoric animals, I was fascinated. I still have the column. I clipped it out of the paper. It reads like this. A huge European boar was shot today in a chicken coop in the British area of Schlieve Bloom. The animal had been sighted about the area for some months and was causing concern. Experts say it may have escaped from a local farm or may even have been released. That last line echoed with me. A 350 pound wild boar, because that's how much the Schlieve Bloom specimen weighed, is not like a puppy you get for Christmas. Why would you just want to let an animal like that loose? As more reports came in and boar sightings were recorded all over Ireland, I just had to find out more. I'm Nigel Monaghan and I'm the keeper of the Natural History Museum. You're talking about quite a large pig, fairly fast on its feet, quite aggressive in temperament, hairy. Uh, the young will have stripes down their bodies and that's to camouflage them while they're left alone quietly in parts of the woodland while the parents are out foraging. And uh, you really don't want to encounter one in a cornered position. These things are quite large. Imagine those moving at high speed with attitude and knocking you down. And potentially people could be killed by wild boar. The males have got quite powerful tusks. And uh, their relatives, the warthogs in Africa that people might be familiar with from the Lion King movies, that friendly little pumba. Um, well, unfortunately, warthogs and lions in real life don't actually get on at all, but it's the lion that tends to lose out. And he, it's only a young lion that'll try to take on a warthog. Older lions know better. They can be quite ferocious and aggressive, and they usually have quite substantial tusks and will give really nasty bites. I felt I had taken the first step on a road that would eventually bring me nose to snout with an Irish wild boar in the wild places of the southeast. I'd read the article on the Schlieve Bloom boar in 2011. I'd just seen a dead one in the Natural History Museum. Time to see a live one. Michal Hanrahan farms boar near Lister Lynn on the Kilkenny Waterford border and he let me get up close and personal with his stock. It's just inside the hunt yeah, here. let's have a look. Now you couldn't keep a bed in under them. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're purebreds. They're purebred wild boar pigs. Yeah, the real wild boar now they are. Yeah, now I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six little piglets. Yeah. Dark brown in color, all yeah. running around in here. Yeah. Um, I have to say they're cute. 
Oh dear. They're real cute little things. Yeah. And lovely brown eyes actually. Yeah. I always think when I look at a pig's eyes how kind of human they are. One less you catch them here, huh? <laughs> no, they're wary enough. Oh, if they got out now, you wouldn't have a hope of catching them. You've never had an escape? No, none of them have no, ever got No, never. But I will have one of those days now and they get used to the fence. Never stop. How, how, what, how powerful is the fence? What did you say? 5,000 volts. 5,000 volts. Yeah. That'll give you a fair kick. Oh my God, it would. What weight is the is the, the adult female there? The, the big one? Yeah. Oh, about 400 weight. So that's as, as heavy as two big men, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could be more than that. The toys alone, the hams alone. I say they, they definitely four stone aside on them. But um, she's beautiful, she is huge. She's a really um, impressive animal. Um, she's kind of a dark gray, almost black color. There's a bit of blue as well in there. Um, yes, and the hair is very long. The bristles are, the best way I could describe them is they are like a wire brush. They're just like the brush that you'd use to clean the floor. There's no, it may seem strange, but here there's no threat to her at all. No, 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 no. You wouldn't feel no. she's dangerous. You wouldn't feel she's an animal that would even want to hurt you. No. You know, she's, she's very docile and all she kind of really emanates is a sense of, of friendliness and contentment. But then again, I suppose you know she's very well kept and yeah, she she's happy well. and... Yes. What they like manure, the farmyard manure. Okay. Worms. Of course, yeah. They ever smell them. Yes. <laughs> it's They'll rip them out. Yeah. yeah, they love them. Yeah. They love the... Dinner for wild boar may be worms and manure, but for the Neolithic Irish who hunted them when they last lived among us, the boar themselves were dinner. I'd petted one. I thought it was time to see how boar tasted. We're in Kishtinella, which is a um, well-known restaurant in Wexford. The chef Warren Gillen uh, has very kindly agreed to cook for us some Irish wild boar. So this is going to be my first taste of wild boar. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, how you getting on? Great. So far, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm explaining to you there. What have we got here? What you have there? You have uh, wild boar cooked in beer with uh, barley. Um, we have. Uh, some Russian kale, which is available this time of year, and we have an old-fashioned herb that is not used very often. It's called marjoram in that flavouring that as well. So it was cooked. That was cooked for ten hours. Ten hours. Yeah. You, you've obviously you've done a, been doing a lot of research on wild boar over the last I while. Done, I mean, done a bit, yeah. Yeah, done a bit. What, yeah, what did yeah. you learn? I mean, uh, in terms of its place in, I suppose, the culinary tradition. Yeah, what have you learned? was generally, you know, used by obviously the wealthy landowners, upper classes, you know, it was something that was hunted and feasted upon, you know, to be hunted down and, and, and served at a banquet in the middle of the table with the head being the centrepiece and, you know, a, a, a very rustic cooking style, obviously done probably on a spit on an open fire, you know, but and, and the whole animal was used as well, like, you know, the the offal would be used in, in terrines and stuff like that as well. Yeah. The meal was a delight. I went home with my head as full as my stomach. 
echoing with thoughts of the boar becoming a cornerstone of Irish cuisine again. The rustic, no-fuss dishes Warren had served belied the fact that this errant porcine has caused quite a fuss indeed for quite a few years now. Uh, Tracy Hogan is the environment correspondent with the Irish Independent. About three years ago, I, got, I was talking to one of the uh, top people in the National Parks and Wildlife Service, and they said they'd had a meeting with their Northern Ireland counterparts as part of the uh, uh, North-South Invasive Species Programme, where the authorities in both jurisdictions get together and they look at uh, invasive species. Now, normally we talk about the pearl mussel and those kind of things, but they, they came across instances where uh, there were sightings of wild boar there were six sightings of them uh, in, this was three years ago in uh, Tipperary, Wexford, Wicklow Kilkenny and uh, Roscommon uh, and they, they got concerned that, they, that, that well, they assumed that hunters uh, were releasing them into the wild and they had a similar problem as it happened in, in Northern Ireland and a, a similar pro problem across the uh, in, in the UK. They were concerned that if uh, wild boar um, got established in the wild and there's no, they have no natural predator that they could bring all sorts of problems and the, the problems are, are, are massive. For a start, the, the main problem would be uh, human and animal health. Uh, wild boar uh, are unvaccinated carry uh, swine fever, Blue Nile disease, which is very damaging for livestock, tuberculosis, uh, and uh, they, they and also carry rabies as well. So they, they, there's that human health aspect, and also that they carry foot and mouth disease. Wild boar hunters tend to hunt with high-velocity uh, rifles in places like Wicklow and Weckford in the, in the hills, and they, uh, you know, if they don't get the uh, their quarry, the, the the animals are left to, to fend for themselves. So pigs are very intelligent animals. So they say about pigs that cats uh, uh, look down on you, dogs look up to you, pigs treat you as an equal. <laughs> the official line is that there are no wild boar in Ireland. People like Quilcha and the Parks and Wildlife Services will tell you that they occasionally have to deal with escaped domestic swine, but other than that, our woods are free from tusked interlopers. Unofficially, I learned that, if anything, populations of boar in Ireland are on the increase, 2013 seeing a real spike in reported sightings. I wanted to see one for myself. The issue, of course, was where to look. My prayers were answered when I met a friend, Yvonne, who'd come across some strange tracks while walking with her boyfriend, John Paul, on Tory Hill, a forested area not three miles from Michal Hanrahan's boar and their 5,000 volt fence. Hello, my name is Yvonne. I'm from Mullivat village. And one day myself and my partner came up here um, for a walk in the Quilcha forest where between Mullivat and Tullaher. And we saw um, these footmarks and kind of like a ploughing uh, lines um, in front of them. And um, we were quite shocked and I was a bit scared because I knew it was some kind of an animal that I never saw these marks before. That's when it all clicked that this, this one must be up here, wild boar. Obvious one here. That one is such a clear hoof mark, you know. Actually, there's even tracks here in the shallow bit of the water. <laughs> yeah, look, 
you can actually see where the animal has, has if you just look there. Oh my gosh, yeah, I see it now. Yeah. The animal has actually stood in the shallows, probably drinking, I'd imagine. Yeah. And you can just see under the water the uh, the hoof marks as well. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, there's that's, no doubt. That's no great, yeah. The other marks that we saw in there wasn't there. Yeah. Out in the dry land out there, there, marks. Yeah. Yeah. All the signs indicated that we had missed a mother boar and her piglet by a few short hours. My mind was worrying with questions. Would it be possible for me to come face to face with these creatures? What were the risks of such an encounter? I had pictures in my head of what an Irish boar might be like, but what was I really dealing with? At the end of the day, I was forced to admit that I was an enthusiastic amateur. I thought I should probably ask an expert. My name is Ruth Carden and I'm a zoologist. Ruth, could you describe for me um, what uh, the kind of wild boar that are loose around the country at the moment, what would they physically look like? What would you expect to see? Yeah, they're, they're an interesting mix of, of different characters on on the first glimpse what what you get is if if you're not used to looking at pure wild boar like pure genetically wild boar they look like wild boar they're they're hairy they're relatively large they have a long snout they've tusks and so on and, and teeth and and the little piglets have nice little stripes on their you know brown bodies and so on and they look really cute in terms of how you know when we actually looked at the genetics of what was um uh, out there in, in the wilds in Ireland, we got 15 samples from shot animals from uh, the east and the midlands predominantly. And um, 90% of those animals were genetically domesticated pig. So they're some kind of, you know, genetically speaking, they're more domesticated than they are wild in, in the true sense. There was one, only one animal from Tipperary, actually, that was a, a, a true hybrid, a first-generation true hybrid between a domesticated pig and an actual true wild boar. So in terms of what they look like, they, you know, for anyone looking at them, they look wild boar, and once they're in the wild long enough, then they revert. But generally, you have a female who several several generations of females will stick together in, in what's termed sounders or little herds of six to 20 individuals. And it's just generally her, her kind of offspring of a few generations and then her current offspring, the little piglets. And then you have a male who will actually have a home range that will incorporate the, those females, that sounder group of dom, dominated by females. And then he'll wander around and basically mate with her in the spring if all goes to well and um, then he'll wander around to the next kind of uh, sounder of, of females as well so they generally have the males tend to have a much larger home range than, than the females how, how big would that home range be again you're probably in and around five kilometers but okay. don't hold me to that. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to look up that one. Um, but, but yeah, it's generally a relatively large uh, home range. But they do wander through an awful lot. And they kind of follow where their food is. So they won't stay in one particular woodland all of the time. They will you know, eat, eat around them and then move on to the next patch and so on and so forth. So. Have, have you worked with these animals in the wild? You've been out and encountered them in the wild? I've encountered them once. In in uh, in Leinster, and um, yeah, unfortunately, I got between the female and her uh, 
four offspring or tell, piglets. Tell us that story. That it was uh, it was an interesting one. I was I was going out to put up uh, trail cameras to try and catch them uh, remotely, so non-invasively, and I was putting them up in a certain woodland on the east coast, and um, I could hear this grunt almost at a distance so I was like oh yeah it's grand and you kind of tend to make as much noise as possible because you're kind of letting them know you know you're here and you don't want to disturb them but also you don't want them to come come near you either and then uh, I heard little squeals behind me so the grunt was you know in front of me and then little squeals were behind me and I went oh no (laughs) and it was just that kind of you know snapshot in time you're like okay I need to um cause more noise and, and try and get out of here but the the grunting and, and the whole you know bending of vegetation like the the squashing of vegetation was getting louder and louder in the front and the little piglets were still squealing behind me and I was like oh you know I really have to get out of here so literally I, I just you know basically caused as much noise as possible and made made for the more or less the straight out of the field uh, of the the plantation I was in so yeah it was one of those kind of real kind of Okay. <laughs> Luckily enough, I was carrying a stick, but even that, there's no big trees to climb up or, you know, to try and get in between you and an aggressive female, because the one thing you have to do is not get in between a female and her little offspring. On my way home from meeting Ruth, I got a call from Mihal Hanrahan, the wild boar farmer. He said he had something interesting to show me. There happened to be two and a half miles down the road and a chap coming up one night with the... He had a van. He repairs cars. And he came and phoned our house to say, one of your pigs is down the road. I said, hardly mine. I said, there was there, time to there. He said, one of them went for me, he says. Went for him? Yeah, so he said, but I didn't mind. And I didn't mind him. And two or three days passed... And he arrived along here, one of them, came up across the fields, kept rooting away. And rooting out in my own field there. I thought it was one of my own pigs. Yeah. Yeah, he did trotting. When I came down one night, he was there smelling. Yeah. He took off like a shot. Right. And I phoned another chap, I said, oh, bloody wild boar here, there's someone let him up. But it was one of the ones was down two and a half miles. They smelt him with the wind, I say. So they were, they were attracted to you, yeah, basically, yeah. and came up. From my own perspective, this was a serious blow. Within two days of my finding boar tracks on Tory Hill, Mihol, ever the good farmer, was forced to protect his animals, his land, and even his neighbours, and shoot a wild boar that had invaded the agricultural lands around Listerlin and Tullaher, only a couple of miles from Tory. Of course... All I could think was that this was what I was coming to think of as my boar, the one I was hoping to see in the wild. This is the skin of the boar that Michal shot, the one that had come onto his land. And uh, the the whole animal is, is complete here. We've got the ears and we've got the snout very clearly visible and the tail. And how heavy did you say this was, Michal? 170 pounds weight. About 170 pounds weight, so the weight of a, a good-sized man. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it was it's clean do had that. Yeah, really, yeah. 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 Um, and you skinned him yourself? I did, yeah. You did a great job. What are you going to do with the skin? I could clean it off better and 
Take it onto a bowl. Right, it'll be nice. Yeah. It will be nice. Is this a male or a female? Yeah, a male he was. This was a male, yeah. yeah. So this is a, a male wild boar shot. Um, shot right here in Weir County. Uh, to be in Kilkenny. It'll be Kilkenny, yeah. We're kind of on the borders between Wexford and Kilkenny yeah. and Waterford, but he was in Kilkenny when he was shot, so. Lovely. Touching the skin was like laying my hands on a holy relic. Here was part of a real wild pig, hide as thick as chain mail. The trail was getting hot. I had found the hoof prints of boar on Tory Hill in Kilkenny, and only days later, Meehall had been forced to shoot one on his farm, only a couple of miles away. I knew what I had to do. Okay, it's a beautiful evening in the uh, towards the end of July, and I am just at my tent, which I've just finished pitching. It is, uh, I think, getting on for about ten past seven, and I am back in the woods near Mullinavat, and I am here to camp out overnight this evening to see if I can find any wild boar in their natural environment. I've just come across my first evidence that the uh, boar are definitely still here. I've walked, I would say, about uh, maybe a quarter of a mile up the path and there, sitting right in the middle of the path, is a fairly sizable lump of boar faeces, boar dropping, boar scat, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to keep going and see if I encounter them. As excited as I was to be so close to boar in the wild, I wasn't so foolhardy as to have not taken precautions. Before heading out on my quest, I'd asked Ruth Carden what I should do if I did come across any of these formidable animals. Well, <laughs> where do I begin? Um, in terms of, you know, I suppose just, just to make yourself aware in the environment, is to you know carry a stick with you, a walking stick or whatever, just in case, and um, try, if at all possible, if, if you do hear them grunting in, in the distance, not to get too close, because if you then go in between, say, a mother and her offspring, she will actually protect her offspring, so she might actually run at you and so on, um, which, you know, depending on the size of the mother, could uh, she could knock it off the feet. Now, if you do find yourself in su such a circumstance, try and make as much noise as possible, you know, talk away to yourself. So that should be no problem for you, Shane. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> and, um, you know, if, if she does start chasing you, you don't, don't try to unre out outrun these animals. Just try and, you know, if she does persist and so on, and you're making a lot of noise, making yourself much bigger than you are, um, just, you know, head for the nearest tree or high bit of ground where she can't get you and so on. Um, and in terms of, it's just the, the, the sensible things. It's like approaching deer during the rut. Uh, you don't get too close and you don't aggravate them and, uh, you know, you just are very, very aware. If you bring a dog, which you make sure you have the dog on the lead, because if the dog then chases the, the animal, she will turn about face and actually charge the dog. And if she has tusks and so on, or if it's a male, they can gore you know, the, the dog's necks and so on. Taking Ruth's advice, I left my dogs at home, brought a sturdy stick and hoped for the best. OK, 
um, not very far from the top of Tory Hill now and I stopped because all the way along I've been coming across um, what are, for want of a better word, tunnels that have been made into the undergrowth on either side of the path. And um, as Ruth Carden explained to us, these are effectively highways made by the boar. I'm just making my way down into this one now. These are highways made by the boar to affect their, um, I suppose, entrance and exit in and out of the undergrowth as they're making their way about their day. Um, this one leads right down into a kind of a gully. I'm standing at the bottom of it now and it heads off right in front of me, deeper and deeper into the undergrowth. I'm, I'm not prepared to go any further and right across this particular gully is if you were ever looking for an example of wild boar behavior and I must take a photograph of this there is a log which has fallen right across the pathway and it has been used as a rubbing post by the boar the bark is almost completely missing off one side and there's very clear um, kind of grooves and indentations where the boar have been rubbing and um, um, sharpening their tusks and various other things so here we have it I'm uh, standing right in the middle of what is for want of a better word a wild boar motorway It was clear that the boar currently loose around the Irish woodlands included some escapees it was mostly a result of illegal release they'd been let go for the explicit purpose of hunting Michael Clear is a hunter from Kilkenny who's shot boar in Hungary as part of organised trips. He told me about his experiences. I've been hunting since 1995 for deer and wild boar throughout the world. What do they smell like? A lovely musty smell. It's like the, it's like the beech trees when the leaves have fallen in the autumn and they smell like that often, so, which is fabulous so it is. You know, they roll in this in the rut. One time, I, as I say, we often knock boar down, but sometimes um, the boar can get back up. And actually, they they are aggressive, but when they're injured, they're more aggressive. So they are they their will to survive is more as well at that stage. So it is. But yes, I've I've been charged by wild boar. I'm lucky enough that I haven't been hit by him. So I'm lucky enough I got away with that. So I did. But yes, it's it can be close calls. Michael left me in no doubt that the boar can be a challenging adversary, but of course. I wasn't trying to shoot it. Mine was a different kind of hunting. Okay, I'm just uh, climbing up Tory Hill. Now I can see the cross only about, I'd say maybe 20 yards away from me. I followed the wild boar passageway and I should be pretty much at the top of Tory Hill any moment. What the hell? I, 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 I uh, believe that I have just startled a wild boar piglet. I have to admit I didn't expect that. I suppose I should have done, but I didn't. Uh, a little streak of, of, of dappled brown fur down around just below my knees just shot right past me and uh, has disappeared into the undergrowth. Um, I'm 
not going to lie to you, it scared the living daylights out of me. Uh, my immediate thought is that where there's a baby, there must be a mother around somewhere. So I'm going to try and make my way out of the undergrowth and back onto the pathway. And uh, I just feel I might be tempting fate to stay here. So I'm, I'm going to do that and uh, I'll see what, uh, what I discover as I continue my journey. That was my first boar. When I got back to camp and started making my evening meal, things took a dramatic turn. Within moments of arriving back to camp, a car pulled up. Three men got out carrying big guns. Even bigger dogs were released. And then the woods all about me echoed with a strange mechanical sound. A boar call. I had come to Tory Hill hoping to encounter the boar, the prey, and I had done just that. But now I was seeing the other side of the coin, the predator. I had stumbled upon a wild boar hunt. Okay, I'm in the woods not far from the campsite. And... Somebody's shooting, not far off. Um, I'm hearing two distinct types of, of gun. Um, it's amazing how the noise echoes in, 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 in the wilderness, the, the distance that they must be traveling from, because they're, they're a good distance away from me. I can't see them. I haven't heard voices. I can't hear the dogs anymore, but I'm hearing those guns. I can only imagine they must have found or at least be able to see whatever it is. It has to be a boar. There's nothing else it could be. It's gone quiet. There we go again. I'm going to keep moving and see if I can find these guys. I'd love to talk to them and uh, see if, they, um, if they've caught anything. I can see the three guys through the undergrowth now. I can hear the dogs in the distance, but I can't actually see them. So uh, I'm going to kind of gradually um, move my way towards them. They seem to be having a bit of a conversation, um, which I, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to alarm them in any way um, by, by by kind of coming up on them um, all of a sudden. Um, they they seem bothered. Um, a little bit kind of agitated, um, so I'm gathering that they're probably Eastern Europeans. Hi, fellas! Fellas, hi! I, I'm Shane Dunphy from RTE. Okay, they're looking at me. They don't look happy. Hi lads, I'm making a documentary! I was wondering if you want to have a chat with me? Yeah. Wild boar? No. One of them is brandishing his firearm at me at the moment and kind of gesticulating at the woods, so I think I'm going to turn around and go.
I made my way back downhill as fast as I could as the night fell hard about me. As I half ran, half fell, it occurred to me the hunters wanted the boar dead. Quilcha want the boar dead. Are there any positive reasons for it to be here at all? Daniel Buckley had some. So in, in a woodland ecosystem in Europe, wild boar is actually nature's plough. So what it does, it you know, roots through the woodland floor, hunting for seeds and bulbs and invertebrates, like, you know, um, like larvae of, of certain insect species. And um, by doing this, actually, it mixes the soil structure up, which is quite good for, for soil fertility. Um, certain birds would benefit from this. So, you know, in Ireland, people associate robins with gardeners. They follow, as a gardener digs in the ground, a robin will come down and he'll follow the, the gardener as he digs his garden. That is actually, a, I suppose, an ecological cultural relic from when wild boar used to be in Ireland and robins would follow herds of wild boar through the forest. Now, the rooting is also extremely good for tree regeneration, particularly trees with small seeds like birch and Scots pine. And um, it um, also for certain um, uh, woodland ground flora. So um, to give you an example of what benefits wild boar could actually have, um, there was a study done in Sweden where they looked at wood, the woodland plant diversity in forests with wild boar and forests without wild boar. And they found that woodland plant diversity in the ground floor of woods with wild boar was actually much higher. And they had a lot of more orchid species as well, for example, because again, orchids are very, very small seeds. They need a kind of exposed soil. It was a relief to hear that someone was on the side of this forlorn relic. But my night on the mountain was far from over. Okay, I'm just almost back at the campsite. Um, the, I've walked down through the trees that leads back to where I've been camping and just as I got within, I'd say, 15 yards of uh, base camp, I encountered this beautiful noise. You can just hear it there. It is a mammy and baby wild boar very happily rooting away among the vegetation. I, it's, it's almost pitch dark now. It's quite late. Um, I, I think it's getting on for 11 o'clock. Um, but I can just about make out two shapes, one big one and one much smaller, working away there among the undergrowth. They're doing exactly what I saw the um, the sow in my clan, Michal Hanran's farm doing, rooting away there in the muck and the dirt, and as happy as Larry, um, those rather aggressive hunters that I encountered earlier. Um, it seems to me that they either bag themselves a different boar were completely unsuccessful but these two are hale and hearty and doing exactly what nature intended I can tell you it is incredibly humbling to be here just yards away from the largest animal on the food chain in the Irish ecosystem at the moment I don't care I have to tell you, I do not care right now whether or not this is an invasive species, whether or not these two animals are in some way, you know, they were released from a domesticated strain. 
it's just really really beautiful i can't really see them it's too dark if i'm honest i know they're there i can hear them i can see the the lumps of them out there in the woods but i can't see what color they are i can just barely see the shapes as they move around but i don't care i'm really excited i'm really pleased i found what i'm looking for those hunters didn't get them and here they are doing just what they should be doing and it's great I found them. I went to the mountain, and they were there. Since my visit to Tory Hill, Quilcha came, and those boar have been relocated. But I have a sneaking suspicion that they'll be back. Wild boar, hybrid, pure breed, feral hog, does it really matter? We share thousands of years of history together, and as Ireland moves forward into the 21st century, this throwback to our Neolithic past moves with us. There will be challenges, but I, for one, look forward to getting to know this old friend again. <laughs>